Are you rolling? I'm rolling, and I'm also rolling. All right. I, too, am rolling. And so with that, let us begin another lucky week in the arena. It's me, Arjuna, one of your hosts for the Arena Craft Podcast, where we mostly talk about Magic Arena, but occasionally veer wildly off topic as we're going to do. Don't say that in the intro. They'll they'll just bounce. Let, oh, we gotta, well. we gotta we gotta suck them in to because because we're talking about some hot fire here. They're they're gonna want this real life action. Oh man! Well, you know, I was gonna introduce him, but there he is—just the bug on the windshield, the CGB, joining us all the way from Las Vegas, aka home after Las Vegas. I'm still alive, buddy. How about I am, you? I, I am alive and nowhere near Las Vegas anymore, but I'm less than 24 hours removed from Sin City. So uh, the exhaustion is real. The voice is hurting. The mind is fuzzy and yep. I'm still not exactly sure where my pants are, but it was fun. <laughs> the one pair that you brought to Vegas may have gone missing. <laughs> Good. Good to know. So yeah, crafties, you know, don't want to give you FOMO or anything, but for all of your content creators returning from Vegas, we all feel like probably a thousand years older. It's a lot of fun to cram into one weekend. Magic is also a mentally taxing game. Travel is difficult and Vegas is very overstimulating and all of that combines to make a very tired and sometimes grumpy content creator afterwards. So I'm sure that CGB and I are both feeling that a little bit in our own ways. I have had a little bit of time to have my voice recover. CGB stayed a day longer than I did. Um, so uh, yeah, we're going to spend most of the episode just sharing anecdotes from our time in Vegas. We'll probably just cover, you know, briefly a few other topics that happened while we were gone. Why don't we address that first, CGB? Yeah, that's a good idea. So, you know, it's it's like rewind a couple of days. We're hanging out in Vegas, you know, seeing a bunch of IRL people, playing a bunch of IRL magic, which was very refreshing, by the way. And all of a sudden, we start to feel like disturbances in the forest. And it sounds like Arena does one of its absolutely classic, completely game-ending crap-outs. So, uh, CGB, do you want to kind of cover for the people, maybe anyone who didn't experience it over the weekend, what happened exactly? I'll do my best. I didn't play at all for about five days. It's probably the longest since Arena was released that I've gone without playing it. So, I was completely unplugged, and when I found out that Basically, the client was down, like you couldn't join matches for a period of time over the weekend, which is pretty surprising. And I remember there was a lot of talk about they something about they rolled out an update, but it broke everything. So they tried to send out a fix to the update, and that no worked. So they had to roll back the last update and update you back to what it was before the Thursday update. And then they ha were trying to fix something else. I, I know that Jacob Hawkin was bugged. I don't know exactly what it was. It never really happened to me, but there were bugs in various spots. Um, elusive, uh, the the wizard, the two four uh, that lets you exile two cards. Um, yeah, is still bugged. They tried to unbug it, and then the rollback rebugged it. But there's something you can do with that card. So uh, it was a mess. Uh, a lot of people couldn't play during the weekend, which is supposed to be a really popular time. It's also it hasn't been very long since Crimson Bow's release. There's a lot of in-store events with arena codes in the little packs, you know, that people are trying to redeem. And there were tournaments that were canceled, including Red Bull Untapped and Stream League uh, number five, I think it is. Oh, man. Ooh. 
by the way, yeah, if any of y'all follow uh, the one James, James Rutherford, organizer of Stream League. Yeah, he had a pretty, <laughs> pretty brutal Sunday. It was something roughly like waking up at, I want to say, 4.45 or something like that to, yeah. to go to a, a friend's hotel room to try to get set up for Stream League. Had a monitor broken on route, which is very reminiscent of the one and best of one. I don't know, man. What, what is this curse? Well, there's some curse going around, right? <laughs> Monitors are, they don't make them like they used to. Not back in my I guess day. not, man. Back in my day, I would hit it with a sledgehammer and keep on monitoring, you know? Yeah. But, no, the monitor was the sledgehammer that you would hit things with, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he went through all that and then yeah. had to cancel anyway. Yeah, yeah. He he kind of, he braved everything and Arena still crapped out on him. So uh, that's a big feels bad. He was also wasting valuable time at MTG Vegas to go through all those troubles as well. So yeah, uh, rip, rip to him. Anyway, go, go check him out. I'm sure he'll tell you the full story in, in gory detail. But um, yeah, man, overall, major bummer. And uh, you were saying CGB that our illustrious fire shoes on twitter follow fire shoes by the way if you're not following fire shoes i don't know what you're doing uh had something to say about this do you want to share what that was with us there were a few tweets that picked up steam that day basically not necessarily targeting the specific downtime for arena but being like Ugh, arena could be so much better why isn't arena better and uh, yeah robert taylor at fire shoes on twitter put out this tweet that got 1611 likes and uh, 160 retweets and it says that magic arena obviously needs more support every set release is a dumpster fire of bugs disconnects and downtime true client enhancements never happen feels like it's been forever the deck yeah. builder sucks actually worse than it used to be right yeah ever since they did the sideboard lesson thing nope all right back to fire shoes the ladder is a hot mess of rank exploits the economy sucks so it's just people jamming the same mono color into the next tweet deck they had because no wild cards and they don't want to dump four hundred dollars every set into a money pit we didn't even get compensated when they nerfed cards in historic are you kidding me when the content creators are actively avoiding your game on release day, you should realize that you need to make changes. This game could be so much better than it is. It's sad and frustrating. Um, and this, yeah, I mean, it popped off. Is there any, is there any part of this that we can even try to disagree with? I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I mean, he basically condensed into one series of tweets, like pretty much all the complaints we've ever voiced about the platform on our podcast over the last year basically. Yeah. And it's tough to see it laid out and have pretty Mm. much, it's almost impossible to defend. I I mentioned it last week, I think. Now it's not clear because we kind of missed, I I guess we've sort of missed an episode here and we're recording the day before Thanksgiving. So, but anyway, the last time we talked, we talked about like the release days and all the things that are consistently just going wrong with those and how when there was downtime on the last release, I spent the time like watching uh, Chris Cox, CEO of Wizards of the Coast, talk about how MTG Arena is the number one digital platform uh, for a CCG in the world. And it, it continues to show that Magic is this amazing game that can carry almost anything. Insanely priced yeah. cards, insanely awkward clients that get neglected. Uh, but I think that a lot of the frustration is how great, 
I think people can see Arena could be. Anybody who's spent time on other games can see how it could be. And then you go on uh, something like Glassdoor and you see that they pay their developers, their their software developers, like 60% below market rate. Yikes. Yeah. That's... Wow. Why would anybody... Brutal. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to see an organization with so many resources and such a popular game. I don't know. It's it's almost I just like don't even know what to say, right? I'm just like resources meet demand. Click. Plug them in. Let's go, right? Like yeah. what's the problem? I don't get it. I mean, I literally don't get it. It seems like sure it costs money to pay people more. It costs money to hire a few more people, right? But when we're talking about like revenues in the billions and when we're talking about a cash cow, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. I find it interesting all the things that they talk about doing or try to do. And what if they just focused on making the best client they could? <laughs> you know, like like the return on that could be amazing. Like they have so many different parts of their business to care about. They put so much money into the esports push. I feel yeah. like whoever is handling Arena feels like it's esports or nothing. You don't mm. have to have these huge, prestigious, expensive tournaments all the time that to make some kind of an esports push. And you don't, I want there to be a competitive play system, but it doesn't have to be like this ultra mega overproduced thing that the last few years was. We don't need an MPL. We've proven that. That's eventually going away. They spent a lot of time and money on that. And in my opinion, we don't need to have high Twitch viewership. They seem to care so much about Twitch viewership and focus on those numbers all the time. I don't need any of those things. Just make a really sweet client and let those things take care of themselves. It feels yeah. like it's right there in front of us. And we've seen that other games can make such a better product, a better economy, and just a better interaction. You know what clip got shared the most from my release day stream? Mm. It's one of me, like, I play Soren, and there's a voice line, but literally no animation, nothing. And I just go, well, there's the greatest animation of a new Mythic Planeswalker I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 nothing uh, yeah oh man the irony of that is that if we had no new animations but the client was better i'd be like okay with that you know sure. what i mean it's like if we had anything else to show for that lack i'd be okay with that but yeah i mean you know let's not drag on the devs here like i have a feeling that there's a, a house full of developers who want to make an amazing game who just frankly don't have the resources to do so. It's sad, man. It really is. It's it's sad. It's true. Here we are. Did you hear about any of the codes? Apparently, there were some codes for people who had oh, issues. Yeah, um, yeah you know I did actually are? nab. So there is one. It's courier bat. Like, you know, a courier, someone who carries media, etc. Courier okay. bat. All one word. So yeah, that'll give you like 2K gold, some XP, some ICRs and stuff like that. Type that in, get a little consolation prize crafties. Sweet, sweet. And uh, we wanted to talk about this even though we were mostly unaffected. Just because we know most of you were at home probably feeling FOMO even harder if you were paying attention to Twitter. And you couldn't play Arena. which and is you couldn't play. What a beat. It's a double whammy. And it yeah. didn't happen to me, but I like, I feel for you guys quite a bit. The moral of this story is go support Robert Taylor, Fire Shoes on Twitter. Somehow one man doing more for the magic community, it seems sometimes, than all of Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> Just go 
go go support him. He's a great guy. He basically spreads nothing but truth and love in the community. Huge fan of his work. Right on. So, the main event, what you've all been waiting to hear about, MTG Vegas. So, both Covert Go Blue and I flew in on Thursday of last week. The event started Friday morning and concluded around 5 or 6 p.m. on Sunday. Actually, it went, no, it probably went later than that, right? When, when did the top eight start on Sunday? I, I really don't know. It was pretty late. I think it... We were, like, leaving the building. Yeah, it was after seven, I think. So, yeah, it was kind of one of those typical things that you'll, you'd sometimes see in the old coverage where you'd be, like, in an empty convention center with the, the finalists just looking totally haggard. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to have spent all three of those days just like playing the sweatiest magic of my life. I got a taste of it. I, I guess I'll launch the first story uh, since we're yeah. kind of dancing around it. So Roman Fusco made top eight of the sealed main event, which is what was going on Sunday night. And he and I haven't hadn't met before, but I knew who he was because he sometimes does a podcast with Michael Flores, who was on our show, oh, Michael nice. J. And it's about, what was it? Like, it was like three or four in the afternoon. It's on a Sunday. And I get a text from Michael saying to go find Roman right now. Like, he needs to see me right now or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, just, I had to like look up a picture of him to know who I'm looking for. And I went and found him, or, or he kind of found me. Like, he, he messaged me. I told him where I was and he came over. He says he's 10 and 2. So he's got a few rounds to go. He needs to win the next one and then he might be able to draw in. Something like that. He's like on fumes. Like, I'm looking into his, his eyes and they're like, you know, it's like drooping. He's like coming down really hard. He's crashing. Mm. And I'm like, oh, Okay, I I see what's going on. We need sustenance for this man right now. We went to the Amex Lounge to try to, like, we went out into the hallway of the convention center, and there was, like, an Amex Lounge that I have a card that could get people into. There was also, like, a food court and all this stuff, but everything's closed. Everything's mm. closed. And then I remember, because I've been basically grabbing people, like, friends, and taking them into the Amex lounge to ask for their bags of snacks that I have leftover bags of snacks. And these are like big bags of snacks. And they've got good stuff in there. You know, there's banana chips, there's like little cookies, there's chocolate wafers, there's pretzels. Like, it, it's a nice size bag. And it's, I've got these in my um in my gaming bag from yesterday. So I bust him out. I'm like, here, eat this stuff, you know, fuel up. And then I give him like a little pep talk and like get him back in the ring. And he made top eight. He sent me a message and said he would never would have made it but he was able to uh, make top eight of the event. So that was a really cool story. So congrats to Roman. Yeah, so you, you were the Samwise Gamgee to, to Roman's ascension into the top eight there. Yeah. Strictly because Michael J. couldn't be bothered to come out, <laughs> so, but he just ta tagged me in over Twitter. So it was yeah, pretty yeah. funny how that all worked. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. So congratulations to him. Yeah, we, we definitely had a number of friends who are... Uh, playing in the competitive events over yeah. the weekend. Nerd Girl uh, drew into top 32. So uh, yeah. she, I believe that means she cashed the event, the main the mm -hmm. main sealed event, which is a pretty big accomplishment. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could tell all of your friends who are in the main event because you didn't see them very much. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that was a telling thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There were, you know, a lot of like famous 
people and MTG pros uh, playing in that event who I didn't even see a whisker of all weekend. You know, people like Reed Duke, who you'd, you'd hear that voice announced over the loudspeaker, and that would be about it, right? I believe he won the modern event. Somebody told me that. I, I oh, haven't really? seen it online to confirm. Somebody told me he won the the modern main event. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's basically like a shark in the kiddie pool. I mean, you know, there were some powerful players there, but I mean, it's Reed freaking Duke, right? So basically, this is this is kind of how it happened, right? So you show up in Vegas, you get a hotel. Uh, in my case, it was kind of a crummy hotel. I mean, I got like a package deal and whatever, so I wasn't expecting a lot, but it was... It was a pretty, pretty crummy hotel, I gotta say. And then on the morning of the event, you roll up in a cab, and if you were lucky, you know where to go. But, you know, if you weren't lucky like me, then your cab driver, you say, oh, I'm going to the Vegas Convention Center, and your cab driver says, where? And I, you know, I got this question, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was like, um, I would like to go to the convention center, please. And the cab driver's, you know, he's got this look like, okay, this guy's new here. He doesn't really know what's going on. So apparently the Vegas Convention Center is just like multiple buildings spread out over literally like a mile of Vegas. So, you know, we go to this big building, which is just totally shut down. And then, you know, he drives me over to this other building where there are people milling about outside. And I I actually thought the MTG Vegas wasn't even in that building because I saw some banner for something else that was happening that weekend. A A design expo. Yeah, it's a design expo. Channel Fireball slash Wizards just didn't see fit to put like a single banner of any kind outside the building whatsoever. So it was, I mean, I literally had to call up the convention center and like talk to someone on the phone and ask where this event was. So CGB, you know, was smart and like found some Twitter thread, (laughs) which told them where to go. I I knew the right people on Twitter who saved exactly where to go. Yeah. So uh, that that was a pretty uh, easy fix. I also had some people inside the event that I was texting with who were trying to figure out the right verbiage for my Uber driver. But it went well. Everything was fine. Mm. You know what's great about Uber? No. They don't get to raise the price. So your 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 taxi's meter might have been running, but not my Uber. Which, side note, I paid out a lot of tips on Uber over the weekend because I had some incredible Uber drivers, dude. Like, incredible, man. Just, Me like, too. great conversationalists. Yeah. I chatted with this one guy who runs a YouTube channel devoted to the paranormal. He's, like, this Australian guy, and he travels around the world to, like, known paranormal sites and does videos about them and stuff. And the guy was freaking rad, man. I didn't want to get out of the car, you know? Yeah, a lot of, lot of cool Uber drivers in Vegas. I got to give a thumbs up for that. So, anyway, so you, you finally get to the hall, and you walk in, and the place is just absolutely massive. I mean, it's basically, like, two... Two halls kind of stuck together and the main event was in the back hall and it was pretty much the only thing in the back hall was just tables upon tables upon tables and that's where you know the modern event the sealed event and then some of the other side events happened back there in the front of the hall it looked a little bit closer to like a regular magic convention so there's like a bunch of vendors there's some booths set up for some artists not very many of those actually and uh and then there was also like a couple of other extraneous booths uh for example one of the most badass booths of the weekend uh, was put together by a number of our favorite cosplayers and streamers. I think it was a collaboration of, I want to say it was Zbex, Zabricus, Air Bubbles, and Talia Vess. I think they were the four main people at the booth. Am I missing anyone? I think you got yeah. it right. 
Uh, Lady Lavinius was cosplaying, but I don't think she was part of that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lady Lavinius was hanging out with them. I also met Azane, cool uh, Mexican cosplayer who hung out as well. Uh, I'm sure there were some other cosplayers who I didn't meet who are very rad as well. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of folks hung out at that booth and it was a good time. So wanted to give them a shout out for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're really, really cool folks. And it's cool to see them working together to kind of create like one place to go to because usually the cosplayers are just like moving around the venue and don't really have an anchor or spot to go to relax or to, you know, really sell their stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then, you know, there were some lines right by the door, which is where you could go and register for side events, which is I spent a lot of time in those lines over the weekend because I spent basically the whole weekend doing Arjuna's equivalent of magic crack cocaine, which is mystery booster. My favorite format, for any of you who don't know about it, I haven't played it. It's basically, it's a card pool of, I want to say it's almost 1,400 cards. And it's just this like uber limited format. And they somehow managed to put cool themes in there. And, you know, greedy people like me can put together these wild decks that feel kind of like cube decks and have a really good time. So I spent a majority of my weekend playing that format. Uh, which also means that I didn't spend a majority of my weekend playing Magic with wonderful people like CGB. (laughs) I had planned to do so, but we didn't play each other once. We didn't play each other at all. Yeah, we didn't battle I think, no, it's not because I don't love you, man. (laughs) But I do love Mystery Booster, and I don't particularly love Commander. So my goal was... Oh, I do. Well, and that's the thing. So my goal was to just kind of get in some other games with people kind of in between what for me was the main event of Mystery Booster. And the good news for me is that I managed to spend most of the weekend doing that. The bad news is that I had very few other games with other friends and content creators, but I still got a lot of a lot of opportunity to hang out with them, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what what did you roughly spend the weekend doing at the convention CGB? Oh, I'd love to talk about that. I'm going to start with something that might be on the mind of a lot of people out there. First of all, I was really surprised by how seriously Las Vegas appeared to be taking precautions. Mm. I wasn't sure what to expect, but in my mind, Vegas was kind of a scary place where I figured like there wouldn't be a lot of requirements, or if they were, they wouldn't be well followed with regards to masks or vaccines. And every casino that you walked into what i also expected is that there might be like you know a lovely young cocktail waitress with a with a little tray of masks as a suggestion mm. <laughs> because that's the vegas i knew before the pandemic the vegas post pandemic no every place i went into had a guy who probably it, this is probably the day job and then in the evening goes and bounces at the nightclubs <laughs> like big like yeah. s- minimum 6 foot 200 pound looking dudes not offering you a mask looking right at you like you're gonna put that on (laughs) seriously you gonna do it yeah you're gonna do it you're gonna do it or you're turning around (laughs) and every place had this at every entrance and overall i thought the basically the following the regulations of wearing masks indoors was was well done. It obviously, it fell off later in the evening as people were drinking for sure. Mm -hmm. And they were drawing the lines between where are the bars and where is the casino. But if I just went to my room, I didn't have to think about that too much. During the daytime, it seemed like I felt really good about Mm -hmm. things. 
And at the convention center, you had to provide either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to get access. And I felt fine in the convention center throughout the event. It really, I felt more comfortable than I expected to come going to my first big magic event in several years. So I, I wanted to get that out there because I'm sure some people have on their mind whether or not they should be going to these things. And I, I felt good for like a vast majority of my time. Would you say the same? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that my experience was somewhat colored by the fact that I've had two recent work trips, uh, one of which was to Vegas. I was actually just in Vegas in September. And so I'd kind of gotten, I'd gotten the fear of COVID somewhat bludgeoned out of me on those trips, or at least gotten used to the idea of being in these crowded spaces with a lot of people, not all of whom are masked. Uh, so in comparison to that, the convention center actually felt quite tame. You know, social distancing was definitely possible, especially if you were someone who wanted that. I felt like you had the space to find that for the most part. Uh, so I, th I think they did a pretty good job. You know, I would be surprised if it ended up being some kind of super spreader event. I highly doubt that anything like that went down. So yeah, definitely give them good marks for that. The question I'm probably going to get in comments that I already have received a few times is uh, if I played in the big competitive main events. And I did not. I had an idea that it's kind of a no-win situation. If you enter and lose then it feels bad. And then you have to tell people you lost all weekend. And if you enter and win, you don't get to spend time with a lot of people as you, yeah. as we saw both going on with others. And as you kind of experienced as you were crushing it in Mystery Booster. So I was there strictly for people. Like I haven't done any magic event since my career in content creation became my full-time priority. And I really wanted to be able to meet fans, play games with fans, meet other content creators who I've only known online, play games with them. And mission accomplished, for sure. I met so many fans. It's incredible. I, I brought a lot of tokens. Like, I had over a 100 of the various tokens. And I was like, there's no way I'm actually going to get rid of these. But by the end, they were almost all gone. There's only a couple nice. like stragglers left over. I met so many people and uh, everybody was really nice. It blew my mind. I would be like, so what brings you here? And they're like, oh, we came to meet you. And I'm like, yeah, are you going to play in any of the events or anything? They're like, we don't own any cards. Wow. <laughs> Wow, like they only play arena and they jumped in a car for like 12 hours to come meet me. And I'm like, okay, well, I hope the next 10 minutes are really great. For you. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I feel like I have a lot to live up to. Oh my God. Nice. But it was, it was really sweet how many people came out and wanted to meet me and we signed cards and we got to talk and yeah, I can't possibly thank everybody, but blanket shout out to all the fans who approached me and I, I made sure everybody got a token and a, a picture if they wanted it. And it was a good time. Like it, it was very heartwarming and it really moved me. It was really cool. I got to meet a lot of content creators. I'm not nearly as recognizable as you are, but I did actually have like some kind of fangirly interactions, which was nice, right? Because I feel like if I'd gone and I'd had none of that happen, I would have wondered what I was doing with my MTG content creation life. For all the people who randomly approached me and said, hi, you're wonderful. And thanks for doing that. It was a real payoff for me. Yep. I really enjoyed uh, basically pulled up a table like in the back corner of the hall and had people come play magic in both 
content creators and uh, like fans played some Commander, and it was really fun. I, I played a lot of Blue White Yorian Commander. <laughs> I heard you did a lot of winning with Blue White Yorian. I don't think I lost when I played my Blue White. I think I only lost when I played my Mono Black Sidisi pile. But my Blue White deck still isn't like mega powerful i i've actually cut most of the ramp cards from it like the the broken ramp cards like mana crypt mana vault ancient tomb like i don't have any of those in the deck and i could no mox diamond and it it definitely doesn't actually win till well after turn 10 because the like combo finish that you try to put together is omniscience approach to the second sun and dig through time ah very nice (laughs) so that that's how it can actually end a game but yeah, playing with a lot of people, it, it actually did really well. And a lot of people gave it their best shot. But blue-white control, man. Me and some Yori, and we get the job done. <laughs> Hard to mess with success. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I brought two Commander decks, didn't bust them out the entire weekend. I did bring a Pioneer deck, which I ended up playing in an event. And I, I actually went, uh, yeah, two wins and a draw. Which was enough to... Off to to a rocky start, though, and you have to tell that story. Oh, God, do I have to tell that story? Okay. Yes, you do. You know what, Crafties? This was probably the single shoddiest match of Magic I've ever played in my entire career. I mean, I was not representing the Crafty Nation well in this match. For starters, I, I literally hadn't played the format of Pioneer, like, since before the pandemic, right? I had this deck that I had put together basically right when the format was announced, It was a blue-white vehicles, kind of a tempo deck, you know, built around such cards as Brazen Borrower, Archangel Avacyn, uh, had some of the Gideon ally of Zendikar in there, Heart of Kirin. It it somewhat resembled a standard deck from the time, but, you know, with a few upgrades from across Pioneer, a few more modern cards in there. Unfortunately, Smuggler's Copter got banned from the deck about a week after I built it, so I had to take those out. And either unbeknownst to me or I'd just kind of forgotten about it or I'd just kind of forgotten that it was in my deck because I literally just picked this deck up, put it in my bag, took it to Vegas and didn't think much about it. So anyway, I'm in game one of this Pioneer event and I go to resolve a Teferi Time Raveler and my opponent looks up at me and they're like, oh, dude, that card's not in the format. That card's banned. And I was like, oh my God, really? <laughs> like I was, I was that out of it. Like I just did not, I just didn't think about it. You know what I mean? I just like went to resolve it and there it was. We called over a judge and the judge was like, okay, we're going to rewind the game state. We're going to replace all of your Teferis with basic lands and you're going to play the rest of the event like that, which, you know, nice. all things considered was a fairly lenient call. I think if we'd been in any kind of like competitive whatever, that probably would have just been an immediate disqualification from the event, right? Oh, yeah. Back in my day, you'd be DQ'd for something like yeah, that. Yeah, just like would not play another match of Magic with that deck for the rest of the weekend. So all in all, it was a fairly lenient call by the judge. I ended up drawing that match, which... You know, it was kind of like the, maybe the the justice. (laughs) Uh, But so, yeah, that was a pretty, a pretty embarrassing start. But I did win my next two matches with it, uh, which felt pretty good. So, yeah, I ended up getting some reasonable prize support for that. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun playing Pioneer. And it's actually, it was one of the biggest revelations from the weekend is that Pioneer is a fun format. It's kind of like modern light. I feel like, you know, it's accessible enough that people can just kind of grab whatever cards they have and put a deck together. But at the same time, like a lot of the, the most competitive decks in the format are a little 
little bit cost prohibitive. And so I think as a result, you what you get and what I experienced is just like this diverse metagame of decks based on cards that people just like or stuff people had lying around. And it actually just feels like really fun and interesting and kind of F&M-y. So that's definitely a format that I want to invest a little bit more in both of my time, effort, but also my money because it's fairly affordable. You don't need to buy fetch lands. They're not legal in the format. I think there are very few like truly big money cards in the Pioneer format. So a lot of the staples cost you like maybe 10 bucks, right? It's like a lot of cards that are going to set you back 10 bucks. Probably a few kind of chase mythics that are like 20 or $30, right? But there's just really, other than that, it's not like modern where, you know, you sink a couple thousand dollars just into your mana base, right? So uh, yeah, that, that was really fun. I definitely want to definitely want to play more of that format. What do you think is closer to historic, modern or pioneer? Uh, definitely pioneer. I mean, okay. as an example, one of the top decks in pioneer right now is, is it Phoenix? Basically, you know, dig through time is legal in pioneer, which is kind of mind blowing, but there you go. So yeah, it in a lot of ways, it does feel quite similar to historic. There is a very, very different card pool for sure. And I think that People spending their own money to play the format means that the average power level of the decks is a little lower because you can't just go out and like craft, you know, one of the top three decks in the format and there you go. But it's got like some different broken combos in it. I'll tell you, I'm trying to remember what's that crazy card CGB? It's an enchantment. And basically, for the rest of the game, whenever you go to cast a spell, it like polymorphs your spell into another card off the top of your deck. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I wish I could describe. Anyway, that's kind of like one of the wild combo decks of the format. It's somewhat reminiscent of like these is it lists right now that are cheating stuff into play. So there there are kind of analogs is basically what I'm trying to say. There are there are decks that are somewhat analogous to what you see in Historic. There are decks that are well supported in Pioneer that are almost not supported at all in Historic. So like as an example, Prowess Burn decks are a thing that you can do in uh, Pioneer, and they're, they're pretty good. Whereas Historic's like, you can play Burn in Historic, but it's really not much of a thing these days. Yeah, it's it's an analogous power level, but substantially different format all the same. Okay. It's funny because uh, around the same time, I think I also had a banned card in my deck for a game, and oh, I had no. a draw. So. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I had Karakas in my commander one. deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Caracas oh, is banned in Commander, apparently. I, I was surprised when I bought it that it wasn't more expensive, <laughs> and now I know why. <laughs> it must have seemed pretty decent when you were looking at it, right? You are like, oh, God, oh, man. I got to play this Bounce card. Bounce any Commander? Let's go. <laughs> Seems good. Oh, man, way to, way to take the edge off. I feel so much better about my embarrassment. <laughs> my draw was a commander game that lasted four oh, hours. Oh, God, I heard about this. Yeah, it came down to the, with Nessa Meow Meow, the streamer, and myself, and she went off with Marauding Raptor and uh, Polyraptor. Oh, sick. With, she was playing Naya Dinosaurs. Okay. And she went for it. She she had tried to resolve Ultra of Dementia, which would have like let her make infinite Polyraptors or as many as she wanted, and then sacrifice the Marauding Raptors so it didn't draw the game as an endless loop. But I countered the uh, Ultra of Dementia. And then she was like, well, I'm going to just do the Polyraptor thing anyway, and we got a draw. It was a six-player game when it started. It lasted four hours, and she's one of my... She She's a good friend. I was really happy, actually, because it's the first time we've been able to hang out in person in over two years. Oh, nice. So, 
Yep. Uh, so I was pretty happy to take that draw. It was one of my more fun games of the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, the- Nessa's chill AF. Definitely go and watch her stream. She plays a lot of historic. She prays at the altar of the cat oven a lot. So uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely go check her out. Yeah, it seemed like you got into some pretty epic games. Do you have any other highlights from your commander matches of the weekend? It would usually go along the lines of everybody is trying to do broken stuff at all times. Uh, there was a Troxa player who had like eight planeswalkers at one point. Fun. <laughs> Just it's going like absolutely nuts. Some chain veil nonsense there. The one James, James Rutherford has a tendency to try to pop off with his creature combo, like Court of Calling bant deck Mm. it's kind of a little bit enchantress but a lot of infinite combos in it Mm. on two different games i use fractured identity which exiles a card of his choice but gives everybody else at the table a copy Mm. so that player loses their thing but everybody else gets a copy of the thing and i gave the table an eldrazi conscription each time that's fun so (laughs) yeah it's plus 10 plus 10 and trample and annihilator 2 aura it was really exciting to put like 50 power of trample into play on a table and just leave James without anything cool. I, I really enjoyed that. So um, nice. those kind of things were really fun because for me, a lot of what happened was also outside the convention center. Yeah. A lot of meals, a lot of events. Uh, do you have any cool like stories about the other stuff that we got up to? You know, part of going to an event like this, especially if you're a content creator, is usually trying to hunt down your friends and other content creators to, you know, go out to dinner with and kind of enjoy the local sights and scenery. And uh, yeah, I mean, CGB and I definitely got up to some fun, both together and separately. couple highlights. We went to a dinner on Friday with a bunch of folks that we've mentioned here. Uh, You can see the pictures on Twitter and whatever. But I I got to try chicken waffles for the first time in my life because I'm gluten intolerant. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I'd give it a 7 out of 10, I would say. Not a huge fan of chicken, but it was my first fried chicken. Yeah, it was was pretty good. I think you had the same meal, didn't you, CGB? I did. It It was very good. You know, never having had it before, like, how would you rate that on the scale of chicken waffles? I haven't had fried chicken and waffles in years, so I'm going to give it at least an eight or nine because I really enjoyed the meal and would do again. Here's the real question. Was that the yard house or the yard bird? I can't remember. It was the yard bird. You're sure? Yeah, this is funny. (laughs) So the, the night that CGB and I met up was Thursday night. We'd both gotten into Vegas that day. We head to this restaurant called Yard House, which I had come to last time I was in Vegas and I had fond memories of it. That was also where the the infamous Cosmo was drunk by CGB. Lighting Twitter on fire, making people angry at me for drinking drinks that have color in them. <laughs> Apparently, if Covert Go Blue and the color red are spotted in the same picture together, just all hell breaks loose. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know. He's pointing to his chair, which used to be blue and is now red. So, yeah, that, that was a really cool night. Got to hang out with Emma Skyward, who is uh, just really, really cool badass and sweethearted person uh, one of the people from the weekend who really impressed me yep definitely recommend y'all go out and, and follow her and check out her content uh she's a very she's a good magic player but also just like like has an incredible amount of hustle and is like crushing it in her work and just seems to kind of crush it in every area of her life it was very very impressed meeting her for sure yep stays up incredibly late Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yep, yep. Uh, Also, uh, that night, got to meet Samsoni, 
which is fun. So I'm Sony One, another badass Magic player and streamer, notable Canadian. Had some fun hanging out with him as well. He's a very animated and friendly character. So um, I also, on that night, learned about Covert Go Blue's musical whoa, past. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't say we were going to talk about this on the show. <laughs> so here's the reveal. Covert Go Blue has actually played in at least one band in the past, is apparently quite the cover artist and guitarist. Yeah. So I was very Thanks. impressed to learn that. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I've played we'll, music we'll just before. Leave it at it's that. fun. <laughs> So uh, we got to geek out a little bit on that. I'm also a musician uh, who's played in a number of cover bands before. Always a good time. Speaking of music, I would say that one of the absolute highlights of the event for me was doing karaoke with Covert Go Blue and a whole bunch of other people. And, you know, I have to pat myself on the back. I had scouted out this karaoke place the last time I was in Vegas and recommended it to everyone. I was like, guys, this place is incredible. Got to go check it out. And it didn't disappoint. We were in, it was basically like a sea, under the sea slash Finding Nemo themed room at this karaoke place. And you show up to this place and there's like a metal detector and then like this kind of like weird animated cube wall. And then there's like a long hallway with a bunch of neon lights and metal and stuff. And you basically feel like you're in in the middle of the Death Star when you're entering this karaoke place. We show up and Deezy and Biscuit Jesus are standing at the bar, like, you know, doing their whole baller thing, because apparently they're both... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we show up is not... Does not get, include me at That this doesn't point. include CGB, yeah. CGB was playing golf at the time. I was playing top golf. I was about an hour and a half late, but go on. <laughs> yep, yep. So I show up along with, you know, Samson and James and a bunch of other people. So yeah, so we meet DZ and Biscuit Jesus at the bar. I immediately, of course, start talking with them about crypto since they they eat, poop, and breathe that topic at the moment. I also learned they taught me about a, a silly drink. What's it called? It's like a pickle shot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, and I won't. Maybe some viewers do, but I've got nothing for you on this one. I feel like an <laughs> idiot because I don't remember the name of this drink. I was like, I learned about this drink. Apparently, I didn't learn very much about it. But it's basically like you take a shot and then you chase it with pickle juice. So I got to watch some folks do that at the bar. That was fun. Apparently, though, it was sacrilegious because at this place, they like mix the pickle juice in with the shot, which apparently is like heinous right i think you're supposed to take the shot and then wash it down with the pickle juice anyway but eventually we we go into the room we managed to get a room that was big enough for all of us i think all told we probably had about 25 people in there vip baby VIP. roll up let's yeah, go yeah baby we were the biggest party there that night so anyway so and you know this was Maybe the most epic moment in CGBs and my friendship thus far, where, like, you know, the karaoke was rolling, people were going, and, you know, crafties, it was fine, but I'm not gonna lie, the vibe was just kind of tentative, you know? People just, like, weren't, they weren't really doing it, right? And so I was like, all right, man, the bring-in's gotta get broadened. So I get up and I start into the Pina Colada song and I'm like giving it everything I've got. Like I was really hamming it up. And of course, with immaculate timing, CGB shows up like like right at the first chorus, you know, and he just like <laughs> busts into the room, arm around my shoulder, grabs the other mic. And uh, we basically duo our way through that song. And uh, yeah, it was epic, baby. It was a good time. It was. Yeah. It was an entrance. <laughs> and I'll say, man, like, after that combination of, like, my kicking it off and you showing up and us kind of crescendoing it, like, that place was really popping after that. 
That was it was that really turned was. turned up the volume. I, I turned up my uh, cruise host <laughs> director persona, the yeah. other persona. It's like make sure everybody has a drink, make sure there's food coming. Who's who hasn't sang? No freeloading in here. Get up there. Let's freaking party. Yeah. So crafties, yeah. If you ever want to go out uh with CGB and be one of the cool kids, you gotta get prepared to actually be one of the cool kids because uh CGB does not tolerate wallflowers of any kind. Nope. You're singing. You're singing, baby. You can't hide from me. He was like walking around and pointing at people. He was like, you, have you gotten up? Freeloader. Freeloader. Not on yeah, my watch. I've never met before. <laughs> yeah, some random person he's never met. Oh, man, it was a good time. It was. You sang like what? Like at least three country songs with Deathsy. Is that right? He was worried that other people there wouldn't know or particularly like country music. And I was like, I got you, man. Uh, I, yeah. I, I was raised on country music. Basically, I think I know every country song before like 1999 because of the way I was raised. Damn. So like All I, right. I can, I can do any of it. And he likes Zach Brown. So I, I, I do know that one. That's one that's more modern, but I, I know all their stuff. So yeah, anytime he wanted to go do a song, I, I had his back. I picked very few songs. I accompanied very many. Uh, it yeah. felt like, it felt like I was up there a lot. You were, you were always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for Wonderwall. Oh, uh, Wonderwall. Got... That's right. Yeah, that was great Did... too. CGB, yeah. like, you know, he walked up to the back of the booth. He was passing the mic around. It was sweet, man. Yeah, it, w- it was an awesome time, and we're going to have to do it again. Indeed. Because, yeah, I love karaoke. I always love to do anytime I can get a group for it at trade shows and stuff. This is the first one I've ever been to with content creators, and um, it was a blast. <laughs> it was epic. I got to say, yeah, definite highlight of the weekend for me. Uh, Another thing I want to shout out, uh, CGB and I also went to a dinner on Sunday night with a smaller group of people. It was actually a very Eugene, Oregon-centric group of people. I think far out of the six of us happened to be based in Eugene. So we got some of kind of my town coming up on in there, uh, which was cool. But yeah, we're hanging out with Zbex, who happens to live in uh, in Eugene, where I do. Also, her husband, they collectively own my LGS, which is really cool. That's how I met them. Also hanging out with Azane, as I mentioned, uh, and a guy named Chris, who's just a friend. Uh, I actually didn't really know Chris before that weekend. And now I'm going to be playing some probably limited with him. So that was pretty nice. The The highlight of that evening was just, there were just like these two random like boomer dudes who show up to Hold our on. table. It, so what's it called? It's called Benihana. So yeah, it's a Benihana. Japanese like steakhouse. So yeah. the seating is for eight, but we had six. So they put two more at our table. Go yep. on. Yep. And there was like this huge, basically like a grill. It's like a hot plate slash grill, like on the table. And, you know, the chef comes up and does that whole cooking thing right in front of you. This guy had some skills. He was like tossing stuff up and catching it in his hat and stuff. It was really fun. But yeah, these, these two guys, you know, who know absolutely nothing about the world of Twitch or anything proceed to get totally schooled in the art of like hot tub streams and uh, cosplaying. I don't know. What else did you teach them, CGV? <laughs> uh, I mean, YouTube, what Magic the Gathering is. They had a, a vague recollection of what Magic is, but they had no idea what cosplaying was or what Twitch was or what hot tub streams were. And yeah, these two boomers had their mind blown that evening. TikTok. Yeah. They didn't uh, know what TikTok, TikTok right. was. Right. And Zbex, of course, is a TikTok machine. So yeah, they got an education. 
Yeah, so they, they got to see some hard tubbing, and that was fun. And uh, yeah, we ate some excellent Japanese food. So did you end up, I actually haven't heard the rest of this story. Did you Did you stay up gambling all night, CGB, or what did you do? Zbex and Hubby wanted to do a little bit of gambling. I decided to hang out for a little while and see what happens, because my usual experience is when people want to gamble, they will gamble for a little while and then go get a drink. This was the Westgate, so it's the hotel closest to the convention center, so I had a feeling there were some Wizards people and other convention folks still around. So I was just going to see who turned up. I was going to mm. give it like an hour and then bounce. And after half an hour of not understanding how craps works and trying to figure that out, we ended up at the bar and uh, there were a whole bunch of other content creators and wizards folk there. Uh, I got to spend another, I think, three or four hours with Gavin, Gavin Verhey, <laughs> who I've never met before. Mm. He was at the dinner at the Yardbird. And then I got to spend another like three or four hours with him this evening. Guy is pretty amazing, pretty impressive dude, really passionate, also really understanding, you know, gets a lot of where the complaints come from, is obviously very involved in Commander, but he's also involved in a lot of products at Wizards of the Coast. He was able to talk about all kinds of things with content creator programs, with bannings that have happened and not happened. Like we discussed a wide range of the stuff like you'd almost always want to ask people at Wizards. And it was really interesting. It was a really fun night. Uh, so big shout out to Gavin, one of the definitely somebody who I'd never met before. And I'm going to leave with a very like high, high opinion of uh, another uh, Zbex is another person I, I'd never spent time with before. And I got to talk to her about monetization on Instagram, TikTok and just how those things worked. So big shout out to her. Another really impressive person. And Death Sea. Uh, I didn't see Death Sea Sunday night, but he and I went out one more time on Monday night, spent most of the evening talking about content. And I also met Pleasant Kenobi near the very end of the night and uh you know these are just people i've never gotten to spend much time with and i it was really cool to get to talk to them and get to know them and talk about the business yeah dude that's awesome yeah high quality human beings from all walks of life very diverse group of people and uh yeah my my discovery is that people connected with magic and especially people dedicated to magic tend to be very impressive people they tend to be very smart. They tend to be very driven by their curiosities. They tend to be people with multiple interests. They tend to be people with colorful histories and backgrounds. They tend to be very accomplished people. So yeah, de- like no shortage of very, very interesting and, and fun people to hang out with. Do you have any other anecdotes just kind of yeah. from the weekend, things that I maybe wasn't around for? Oh, you were around for it, but I thought it would be fun to bring up for the mm. podcast mm-hmm. um, that at the Yardbird in that room with the cosplayers and their plus ones and Gavin, I was asked very directly. They were. <laughs> it's always funny when when uh, two gals that you barely know, like just kind of like look at each other and say, we were talking about you before you got here and we have a question. <laughs> I don't like, remember oh. this. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm I'm about to find out why I got invited to this dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the question is, do you have a normal life? Oh, that's they, right. <laughs> I remember that. Yep, yeah. Yep. They were probably looking at your daily release schedule and thinking that you must be some kind of like maniac, right? Yeah. 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 The, they wanted to know if there was any part of me that was something like a normal life. And if any of you out there, listeners or viewers, are asking yourself the same question, I've had a lot of speculation about what my life might be like. I don't know 
I've never called it normal. I've definitely always had a very, I've walked my own path for a vast majority of my life and having a nine to five has never been a part of my life. But I do have a pretty chill life, I would say most of the time when I'm not recording and doing stuff like this and making content and streaming. I'm usually hanging out with my wife, watching the various things that Netflix, HBO Max and YouTube can throw together. And I usually get for exercise an hour to two hours a day to just walk my dogs in the woods near our house, which is pretty remote. Other things I do with my spare time is I coach the local roller derby team, which is kind of my social outlet and networking. And I play at my local game store since it opened up, Lantern Games in Traverse City. And I think I've got a pretty chill life. And I don't think that nearly as much of my time is absorbed by content creation as people might think. I have a team, several editors. There are editors that work for us, you know, on this podcast to make sure that we pretty much show up, record and enjoy it and uh, get back to whatever else we have to do. So I, I would say the life is pretty normal. I think that they were nervous that they were meeting some just soulless workaholic. But honestly, I worked a lot harder and for a lot less pay and for a lot less recognition back when I was a retail manager for FYE in the mall. So I wouldn't recommend that life to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I get the impression that you probably spend like more than 40 hours a week just like thinking about playing, producing content for Magic, but which like yeah. probably like it's a fair amount of that time is kind of like up to you, right? Like maybe just stuff you want to be doing anyway. Maybe it doesn't fully qualify as work. Obviously, anytime you're playing arena, I'm sure that's some kind of work for you. But that, anyway, that's kind of the impression I get based on what what little I know about your routine. Yep. And if I'm going to take a vacation and go to a something like Vegas, it's going to be a working vacation. <laughs> it's yep. fun. It was really fun, man. It was so much fun. Okay. Uh, if there's another event and you heard about it, are you one, definitely going Two, depends where it's at, or three, definitely staying home. So that's actually a really good question. And I did want to address this before the show ends, because I think there's probably a lot of people out there experiencing a fair amount of FOMO around this event. And overall, I would give it a B. There were some definite highlights. Uh, getting to meet you in person and, and have fun with you is definitely one of them. And getting to meet, you know, a bunch of other content creators, that was definitely highlight. You know, getting to play Mystery Booster was definitely a highlight. But I mean, you know, traveling to these events is it's a pain in the ass. It's totally exhausting, costs a lot of money. Oh, my God. Like whether or not you gamble in Vegas, you're just hemorrhaging money the moment you show up. You know, I don't know exactly how much I spent, but it's in the thousands of dollars all told. CGB probably spent significantly more than I did because, you know, he had, yes. he had various additional expenses that he was uh, willing to incur for this okay that sounds really <laughs> that sounds like really innuendo phil and it, it wasn't no he, he just <laughs> it wasn't covered. anything he was just generous. it wasn't anything i wouldn't tell my mother about. no no he he, <laughs> he just volunteered to cover various things because because he's a bamf basically so but yeah i mean it was expensive it was tiring there were boring aspects to it the whole of vegas just smells like cigarette smoke and i don't smoke so that starts to get to you after a while yeah i don't know there's this kind of like it's funny because people talk about what is it like event funk or like the event crud or something and it's just like this either like getting sick or just general feeling of like grossness that you get after the event which you know i definitely experienced and, and watched other people experience as well mm. 
Hmm. I never get sick and I never feel gross. So this is an alien concept. All right. Well, uh, for the rest of us models, that was that was what we went through. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if someone was like, let's just run back Vegas next month, right? Like let's pick a week, pick a weekend in December and we're all going to do it again. I would not attend. No way. Okay. How about you? I'd want to, but <laughs> I, I agree. The, there should be space to recover financially and in a healthy way and in a mental way for sure it, it is very taxing and you, you could kind of feel it a lot of people have been shut up indoors for a while and mm. aren't quite used to getting out and putting themselves out there again and it took a while to loosen up and it's going to take a while to hunker back down so yeah gotta space them out gotta try to make it special and do it at the right time the last event like that that i went to was magic fest portland gp portland that was in probably like october or november of 2019 i you know recorded a podcast there and it was early in my career of content creation and i had an absolute blast at that event i think part of it was that it was you know two hours drive from my town also you know i just went with like a small group of friends and i didn't spend the entire weekend like drinking smoking straight west coast and it was just more kind of like you know playing some events hanging out with friends maybe catching a dinner you know going to bed at a reasonable time and that was a blast so you know, I think like next time I go to one of these events, I'm going to have to balance the desire to stay out late and have fun with the desire to feel like not a zombie. Anybody who wonders why we didn't record a podcast at the event like you did at GP Portland, we tried. I lost my voice and we just didn't. You know, it wasn't a good idea. It's on both of us, to be honest. I feel like we were both kind of looking for slash waiting for the right window and it just didn't come. We, we sat aside Monday to try to do it. And, uh, you know, I woke up at like 830 that morning to work because I work remotely. And so I actually did my work day from my hotel room. So I wake up at 830 to see a text from CGB at 630 saying, I'm tired. We're not going to do breakfast today, <laughs> which means that CGB had probably been asleep for about two hours by the time I woke up. So, uh, yeah, we decided to cut him some slack and not record on Monday either. So that's uh, that, that, yeah, that's OK. We're recording now. And uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Here in America. So I wanted to ask you if there's anything you felt like saying that you're thankful for on this podcast. Oh, boy. Uh, I tend to be a little irreverent as it concerns Thanksgiving and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, genocidal history and all that kind of stuff. And I'm English as well. Cool. Yeah. I, I was hoping this would be a nice, smooth, easy, fun question. Let's go. <laughs> Keep it coming. Let's let's do this. So, you know, so there is that. But um, but yeah, sure. I'll I'll drop some gratitude here because you asked. <laughs> I'm thankful for you, buddy. I'm really glad that you're on this show. And it's been an absolute blast making the podcast with you and, you know, spending the weekend with you at Vegas really, um, I mean, I knew that you were cool, but it's just nice to hang out with someone in real life and be like, oh yeah, that person really is cool. And, and I enjoy that company. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that we got to spend some time together IRL. Uh, I'm grateful that you continue to want to show up for this podcast. You know, there's plenty of other things that you could be doing with your time. Uh, you're someone who's very effectively learned how to monetize your time. And, uh, you know, the fact that you devote time to this podcast every week in spite of that is some indication to me that, you know, you enjoy this. And so I feel very, very grateful for that. 
No, that's really nice. Yeah, I, I do love being here. I'm I'm grateful to be on a podcast. Basically, we'll take what you said and like echo it back to you. Also grateful for all the fans. It was mm-hmm. it was I, I'm still I don't know if I'll ever be used to being recognized, let alone having people like excited to see me, having people FaceTime their significant others so that they can hold up the phone and put in my <laughs> and be like, look who this is. And then they just start screaming into the phone. I like that kind of stuff is really I don't know if I'll ever get used to it, but I feel it when you guys are have that enthusiasm out there and you come up to me and you bring me that enthusiasm. You're just excited to meet me. Like I, I feel that long after our short interaction is done and it keeps me going. So I'm, I'm thankful to everyone who uh, goes out of their way to leave nice comments, to meet me at the convention, to get the shark token from cool stuff, Inc. What, whatever it is, uh, I'm grateful for the fans. Yeah, I, I want to say that too. It was the other thing I was going to say is I'm, I'm grateful for the craft nation. I mean, you're honestly like why I feel motivated to keep doing this. I work a day job. This is not my money maker. This is something that I look forward to. This is something that I devote my free time to because I actually enjoy it. And one of the main reasons I enjoy it is all of you who watch, who listen, who ask questions, who give feedback, you know, even just like commenting on a tweet, finding something funny, whatever it is. I notice all that stuff and it really drives me and it really motivates me to want to keep making the content. So keep being cool. I mean, y'all are wonderful. This is a really, really nice community of people. I couldn't ask for any better. I feel super blessed. You know, I feel like I don't know. I feel like I just stumbled into a room full of like wonderful people who somehow seem to enjoy what I do. Yep. Definitely carrying that gratitude with me for sure. That's a really uh, nice note. We could end it there, but I just want to give, <laughs> I, I want to give one more question. Okay. I want to give people a little send off since they're going to probably go play some arena after they finish this because they're going to be so hyped to do so. Yep. And we haven't talked much about arena. What are you going to play next in the arena? What are you going to do this week? You know, dude. It's sad to say, but I'm I'm probably not gonna play arena this week. I'm, I, you know what, man. <laughs> so, but the dailies. How are you gonna get your dailies? The value, Arjuna. The value, Arjuna. I'm gonna be honest with you, crafties. First of all, I have a reinvigoration for paper magic, so I'm definitely thinking more about that. But second of all, uh, standard sucks. <laughs> I brutal. I streamed last night. And, you know, I was just just trying to get a lay of the land, just trying to play the format. And it, it's one of those formats where, like, I hate for it to be this way, but it's one of those formats where you figure it out, like, a couple of days into the format and you know how it's going to be. And you're kind of hoping that something's going to come up, but in the back of your head, you kind of know that nothing's going to come up. And I spent a week not playing Arena and I came back in and it was exactly where I left it. Um, all the stuff that was good when I left was still good when I came back. All the stuff that I was hoping would be good, but wasn't good enough when I left still wasn't good enough when I came back. And yeah, I'm kind of, uh, my enthusiasm is definitely low. Definitely. Okay. How about yourself? All right. Challenge accepted. I'm going to come back next week and you're going to be so excited for all the different decks I'm going to build that are going to play Hallbreaker Horror oh, in new God. and exciting ways. Oh, God. <laughs> I am mono spamming Hallbreaker oh, Horror. Oh, God. Make the I, I hope that the fan. 
the fans are going to love it as long as they love blue decks because I don't know how to play anything else. I, it feels like mono green and mono white are the only other choices with mono white way better than mono green at this point. And so, yeah, I, I can build like a million different blue decks to try to compete with those things, but I don't know how to build a Naya deck right now. It just, it, it, why would anybody like, what does a Jun deck look r- like right now? And people can come up with like, Oh, here, this. And I'm really like, ah, I played that a hundred times, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, nah. So yeah. I, I feel what you're saying. So I'm going to take the things I hate most about this format. And I'm just going to invade other formats. I'm working on my 100 card historic brawl <laughs> oh, Lear no. deck. and and i'm gonna go smash (laughs) that sucker but that's what they can look forward to from me for next week you know what you're like cgv you're like a marvel super villain and you're like well i got tired of trashing this universe this plane i'm gonna planes walk over into some other plane and ruin their lives as well see you later avengers (laughs) dude when the format is salt you gotta be a salt lord there you go. You just healthy diet of salt water, baby. Let's go. Well, I'll just take myself down to the local salt lick and play some paper instead. So uh, that's going to do it for this week's Arena Craft podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out and catching another edition. I hope this Vegas edition lived up to your expectations. You can find this podcast pretty much everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on all of the downloadable places. You can also watch the version, the video version on Covert Code Blue's YouTube channel, in addition to Covert Code Blue's amazing content, which you should be watching anyway. Uh, Covert Code Blue also streams regularly on Twitch. I probably won't be streaming for a little while up here, <laughs> but I might I might actually be playing some virtual commander with the one Jame coming up. So uh, I'll, I'll post about that on Twitter if that's going to be a thing. Excellent. You know, wishing you, Kovac Go Blue, and the Crafties a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday if you live in the U.S. And if not, just stay funky fresh out there in the world. Thank you very much to the patrons. And uh, I guess with that, do we? I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Here it comes. You ready? <gasps> Later, Crafties.